Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, GD girl, That's you good. got through that whole thing. Thank you. Really well. Thank you. Uh, we've been drinking this afternoon. The thing is, the drink is super light and refreshing, but when you have several of them and you just get <laughs> chatting and you just get talking and you're just like, oh, and you're it's just nothing. Sipping, sipping, sipping. And then we got to a point where uh, we, we started like, slurring and we're like, oh, we should record this now before it gets too bad. So. <laughs> or I'm asleep on your couch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Indeed. But these drinks are super tasty. Like I said, easy, refreshing, and light. And uh, So, okay, we can get through the title because okay. we made it up. Yes, it's... it is a grapefruit. Nope. Nope. It uh, is a sparkling grapefruit cocktail. Woo! You nailed it, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you, you, nailed thank you, thank you. It. So, i.e., it is grapefruit soda yeah. and vodka at yeah. the heart of it. Oh, and mint. Yeah, so we added, I had actually some... Grapefruit fruit cups, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Those little Costco, snack cups of, of grapefruit. grapefruit. Yeah. So we added a little bit of the syrup from that mm-hmm. and some of the grapefruit slices from that. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of brought the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. And now we have a delicious cocktail that we have drink and drink and drink and drink. Yeah. How did you make it though? Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Caitlin. You always want to ask the hard hitting questions. They want to know. Okay. So this is how I think I made it. Okay. So I put a little bit of the grapefruit syrup, mm-hmm. the sugary syrup from yeah. the grapefruit cup, which I think you can omit completely. Yeah. But you probably don't need it. If you put it in, great. It adds a little bit of sweetness, a little tartness. Will it so, be on the Instagram post? Probably not. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, and then I think we did about a shot, so about an ounce yep. of vodka, and then we just filled a cup with grapefruit soda. Sparkling, I mean, uh, yeah. Sparkling grapefruit soda. We got from Clearly. Trader Joe's, of course. And then we just popped a little mint in there mm-hmm. and some of the grapefruit segments yeah. from the fruit cup. Yum, I would yum, try yum. it muddling the, the mint. I bet that would be yes, really tasty, I, too. I do think that would be super yummy. Like, yeah. it may be muddling some of the grapefruit in with oh. the mint. Now we're talking. Also... We have some things in the making. In the works, in the if works. you will. Definitely before the 100th episode. Yeah. So, uh, we have like 12 episodes to get our shit together yes. and be able to get some goddamn swag out. Yes. We're going to get swag, guys. Ah! We have all the artwork all yes. done. Oh, my Thank gosh. Thank you, Holly, for being incredible and working with me still. So excited. <laughs> so excited. So please be on the lookout. <laughs> yeah. No, we've got hopefully some t-shirts coming, yeah. maybe some mugs, maybe some other things. Who yeah. knows? Maybe we'll give some stuff away. We should have a giveaway for the 100th episode at oh, least. absolutely. Maybe so, we'll give uh, away a couple things. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. So we're really excited. We're finally getting, yeah, our shit together <laughs> and getting it done. So thank you so much for... We people... might even be on YouTube soon. Yes. Who can even say? We're trying to branch out, guys. We would like to thank the people who've been there in the beginning and continuously, like, can listen to us, so. Yeah, we appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. All right, so this story is about Jamie Grunwald. Okay. Jamie? And, yes. It is March 15th of 2021. Okay. Shoot, this is a pretty It's a recent, recent one. one. Yeah. And we're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, 
Wisconsin. Yeah. You know I have love for Wisconsin. Amy. Amy's out there. I have actually no other reason to love Wisconsin <laughs> other than Amy. But well, the cheese. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the cheese. I like the cheese also. But Amy's number one. So Jamie works at Rockabilly Saloon, which is a bar. That sounds fun. I know, right? So it is actually closing time. So the bar was empty and Jamie was alone closing up. Her and her boyfriend, Daniel Mulligan, actually recently broke up. And usually he was there when she closed um, Mm. sometimes. So she wasn't alone. But since Mm. they broke up, you know, unfortunately she was alone. She was solo this time. Yeah. And as she was cleaning up, a young man walks in and Jamie has never, ever seen him before. Okay. And she tells him that they are closed and he needs to leave. All of a sudden, this guy attacks her. He just leaps at her. He drags her to the men's bathroom and he brings out a knife. What? He's slashing her face, trying to cut her throat. Oh my gosh. And she actually uh, was stabbed in the thigh as well. So she's fighting him off. So she actually doesn't get cut in the throat. She just gets cuts in the face, stabbed in the thigh, and actually stabbed in the chest that was inches away from puncturing her lung. Oh my gosh. Sorry, Amy. I'm never coming to Wisconsin. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So she doesn't know how, but she actually escapes from the situation. She states, I didn't freeze up and I'm really happy for that. I Mm. hope to never experience that again, but it saved my life. So So she she pretty much just let instinct take over and just freaking fought her way out of there. Absolutely. Yep. So now Jamie runs out out of the bar and runs to the bar that's next to them, which Mm -hmm. is called Rum Runners. I like the sound of that place. I feel like it's going to save her. Right? <laughs> Luckily, the owner, Jeff Hunter, was there. Like, they mm. were closing up as well. Jamie tells him to lock the door because there's a crazy guy out there. And she's covered in blood. I was going to say, she can't be looking good <laughs> no, right now. She's, she's not. been slashed up quite Mm-mm. a bit. Oh, my God. So, actually, so he locks the door. But the attacker now gets in his car and he drives in the front of Rum Runners. Like, he slams into it. Oh, are you... Mm-hmm. What is going on with this right? guy? So, Jamie... So, he's not satisfied from slashing her face exactly. up. She's she got away. Escaped. Mm-hmm. She's gone to another bar, and he's like, fuck that shit. And he puts his car in gear yep. and then runs into the front of it. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> okay. So once that happened, it shook the whole bar, and Jamie actually ran into the bathroom and locked herself in. Oh. She's like, no, sir. That's right, no, sir. <laughs> so the bar was like a small thing. Like, it was like a strip thing, you know, like downtown it- usually. Oh, okay. Well, a little strip mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type situation. So it was small. So I'm trying to paint a picture for you. So oh. the door was not right in the front. Like, it was a... So you had to walk a few feet in, and that's where the door was. So there was, like, a... A little bit of an entryway. Yeah, an entryway. Okay. Exactly. So he did hit the door, but he kind of hit the door in part of the... This entryway. Exactly. Before he actually hit the bar. Correct. Okay. Correct. So when he did that, he actually, like, jammed the door... So he couldn't, so no one could get oh, in so and out. So he effed himself is pretty what you're much, saying. Pretty much, yeah. Good. <laughs> so now that he can't get in, he gets out of the car and he waves the knife in front of the window. What? Kind of like. Who is this guy? I know, right? It's <sighs> so random. But so since he couldn't get in, 
He takes off on foot. He just runs. He's like, well, I effed up my car, so I probably can't drive that anymore. I'm going to take down, take off down the block. Well, up ahead was a train, and a few cars were stopped waiting for the train to pass. Oh, I know how that goes. <laughs> so actually, the attacker goes up to one of the cars and was able to open it, and he just stabs the driver continuously. What? Right? So he wasn't after Jamie in particular. Yeah, he was just... He was just, like, in a rage, mm-hmm. and whoever I see first is exactly. who's going to get it. Exactly. Oh, yep. my gosh. The driver was a 70-year-old man who later died at the hospital. Oh, so this guy's a total asshole. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jamie was so sad because they told her that his first grandchild was born three weeks ago. And he just retired and... Well, of course Jamie's sad about of that. Of course. Everyone should I'm be sad, sad about, about that. that. Oh, my gosh. So, police now arrive and find 22-year-old Wesley James Bryce near the vehicle, mm. uh, shouting out things like, I'm the real God. Oh, dear. Police arrest him, and Wesley is still saying incoherent sentences, then started to repeat his name over and over again. Wesley James Bryce. Wesley James Bryce. Wesley James Bryce. Yeah, he just... so Seems like odd behavior. Exactly. So they take him to the hospital, um, as well as Jamie, of course. Yeah, of course. Once at the hospital, Wesley was more coherent, and said he didn't mean to hurt anyone. He wanted officers to kill him and that he didn't and he wanted to die. That doesn't really ring true with I know, me, frankly. Right? So Jamie was stabbed three times with cuts to her face and her head bashed. Oh gosh. This whole attack lasted just under two minutes before she escaped. So it was very <sighs> quick, but two minutes actually seems like a long time. Oh, I'm sure and it probably felt like a long Life time. Life. Yeah, <laughs> oh absolutely. So Wesley now faces nine charges, including first degree intentional homicide with the driver. Oh, good. Yeah. There were some competency issues related to Wesley's ability to understand the court proceedings and able to assist in his own defense. Hmm, that, I guess, probably doesn't surprise me that much. Right, exactly. I mean, clearly something is not correct with him. Right. But in July, doctors, uh, the newest reports found him competent to stand trial they're like haha just kidding you're fine <laughs> yeah pretty much i probably shouldn't laugh about that i apologize <laughs> he needs to take accountability of his actions absolutely. absolutely so there have been uh plea negotiations and so it could be settled or there could be a trial mm. so i mean there's so usually plea unknown. offers right now it's unknown mm. um there's uh wesley is now 23 he pled not guilty and not guilty for reasons of mental disease or defects mm. but the next hearing is going to be held on february 14th of this year oh so, wow um, right I, on valentine's day i know pretty my much. gosh so i'll actually keep i want to follow this case so i'm going to keep updating Ooh, about this case. yes absolutely um because usually honestly a lot of cases since I volunteer as a victim advocate. Uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> a lot For of, more than five years, yeah, I would that's true. I would think. That's seven years this year. Well, because you just got your five-year anniversary. Was I did. that two years ago? It was, yeah, because of COVID. They didn't held a... Oh, okay. So it yeah. was a little late. I'm not just an insane person, and it no, seems no, like before... you've been a victim advocate for 300 years. No, no, before COVID was five years. And then oh. since COVID, they didn't have one last year for 2021, so 2022. Actually, 
Oh, it could be eight years because 2020 is when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And 2019 we, is oh when the pandemic gosh. hit. So it could be eight years now. Who knows? You know? <laughs> Who could even say? But usually, honestly, in my experience is that usually plea offers, that's what uh, defendants usually go with exactly because victims also get a a say of what they would like to see done like they get Mm. a voice in it um but usually uh defendants take a plea offer so there's no trial but Mm. so we don't know yet if it's going to be a trial or if they're going to take the plea offer but um so we'll see the four we'll see february 14th i'll keep updating absolutely because that'll be our valentine's day episode i know right update keep listening guys (laughs) so uh so, but Jamie continues to work through her trauma, of mm. course. Uh, but this is not where the story ends. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm, I know, right? So, now it's May 1st, 2021. So, this happened March 15th. So, it's okay. like two months. Two months later. Two months later. Jamie gets a call from her friends and her mom saying that there's been an open shooting going on at Daniel's work, which was her ex-boyfriend. Oh, I forgot about the ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Daniel works at Duck Creek Kitchen and Bar, and he works in the kitchen cooking. I'm like, well, that sounds delicious. I know, right? So he works with his best friends, uh, Ian Simpson and a close friend, Jacob Bartell. Okay. So they're working as usual, but former employee, 62-year-old Bruce Profall, uh, comes in with a firearm with an intent to kill. Bruce was fired earlier that year and even had a restraining order filed against him. Okay, guys. I know I've said it before. I'm going to say it again real quick. Yeah. If you get fired, go ahead and maybe, you know, indulge yourself and go on a bender for like one night. Yeah. Get a little bit drunk. I'm so angry. And then the next day over, get a little bit high. Take a nap. Take a nap. The next day, maybe rage, play some video games for the whole day, whatever. Yeah. And then maybe the next day, we start getting over it and yeah. start looking for other, other employment opportunities. opportunities. Seriously. Not thinking about revenge and shooting up our ex-employees. Couldn't or, say it better myself, Michelle. <laughs> our ex-co-employees, yeah. I should, probably should say. But. but the restraining order did not stop him. So. That's surprising. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> As he walks in with a handgun, customers are yelling, screaming, flipping over tables, jumping over each other, trying to get out. Trying like, to just get cover of any kind, absolutely. probably. So he actually moves towards the kitchen. Oh and that's gosh. where all three of them are at. The first shots were point blank at Ian and Jacob, his best oh, friends. Are you serious? They both unfortunately did not make it. What? See, I thought the ex-boyfriend was going to be the bad guy in this, Kaylin. Nope. You have done me dirty. I don't know how that... Uh, eh, I don't feel good about that at all. (laughs) Daniel saw the whole thing happen in front of his eyes, and he saw his friends lose their lives. I can't even fucking imagine. Could you not? I mean, you're just staying there, and your best friend just... They're dead. Yeah. Right in front of your eyes. Just oh. trying to... Oh I can't gosh. even hardly nope. imagine it because that would be you, Caitlin. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How I would be devastated. I don't even know how... I would grab I your think. bat and bash their face in. That's what I would do. Well, uh, that's what... Daniel saw the whole thing and then Bruce left. Like, he left the kitchen area. He's like, well, I've done my dirty much. work. 
But Daniel was so pissed off and angry and his primal instinct came in. Mm. So he states, the soldier in me just activated. I just watched him commit the most atrocities that any human could commit, possibly. That he did in the restaurant. I was so mad watching him just take my best friend's life in front of me like that, that I really didn't care. I just wanted to take him down, so I went searching for him. Oh. So he was livid. Absolutely. So without hesitation, he goes looking for the gunman without any weapon, just I feel like this would be Joel's reaction. Right? Are you kidding me? We uh, had someone, like, just walk out of our driveway that we didn't know, and he, like, jumped in the car and ran oh, that really? guy down. Yes. No, when I, I have to tell these listeners, I dropped off alcohol for you, and he didn't know that I was coming. I texted Michelle, but she didn't tell him, I guess. I don't know. I think I, I didn't have my phone near me right. or something. So I left the alcohol in there, like, there's in our little, entryway. In our entryway, and then I was walking to my car, and I was pulling out, and he's out there just staring at me. I'm like... It's me, it's Caitlin. <laughs> oh my God, he looks so terrifying. I'm like, I'm just dropping off stuff. I promise. I know, I texted Michelle, go ask her. <laughs> he was terrifying. Oh my God. He was out there in like two seconds. Oh my gosh. But we went a little bit paranoid over Fair it. enough. I mean, our fair house. enough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. It's just Caitlin and Nick. It's fine. I promise we're not here to do bad. I know. Uh, Thank you for all that booze, by the way. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Uh, The reason he went after him was because Daniel and his best friend always promised to have each other's backs. And he knew that exactly what his friend would do. Like the same thing. Of course. But Daniel couldn't find the gunman anywhere. Bruce was was not to be found. No. Fuck that guy. So he decided to uh, join the others who escaped in the parking lot. You know, with police. So he is exiting, trying, you know, just being with the other people. Hmm. But as he walked outside, there he was (gasps) in the parking lot. Probably trying to, like, check it all out. I think he was trying to leave. Oh, Getting back to his car. But Daniel charged him. And when the gunman turned around, he shot him point blank in the face. What? Yes. The shot entered. If you tell me that motherfucker is dead, I'm going to be pissed at you. (laughs) <laughs> the shot entered just below his right eye. The shot, though, alerted police to where the gunman was. Oh, well, yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, where's that shot come from? <laughs> oh. As Daniel hits the ground with his gunshot, he hears other gunshots. Daniel thought it was a shooter, but it was police just unleashing into oh, this guy. He hit the ground and they... Yep, they saw who had the gun and who shot who. They took care of it. Absolutely. A member, the SWAT team came. Yeah. So a member of the SWAT team gets Daniel telling him it's going to be okay. Daniel asks if that was the gunman shooting and he, and the SWAT man says, no, we got him. We got the SOB. Oh. Yeah. Yay. Actually, so now Bruce is dead. They just unloaded into him. Daniel was rushed to the hospital, but he was still conscious, and his parents played a big role in his survival. Oh. He states, I just remember telling myself, you know, my mom already lost, lost my sister. My mom already lost a kid. She can't bury another one. Oh, and so are I you need- serious? Yeah. And so I need to fight, you know, for my mom, for my dad, for Jamie. Yes, I did. thought about her. Uh, oh my God. I know. 
So he woke up with an eye patch on, which was a moisture chamber. Mm. Daniel cannot close the right side of his face, so he can't close his eye all the way. So oh, it's kind of he's paralyzed a little yeah. bit on mm-hmm. that side of his face. He also had to have his jaw wired shut for two months. Oh my gosh! Doctors told him that he might never walk again, have sensory issues, brain damage, and may never play the guitar again, which was what he loved to do. Well, this is devastating, I know, right? I thought he was going to be the bad guy in all this, and now <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I want to hug you. But within 72 hours being at the hospital, he was recovering faster than most could have hoped for. Uh. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Right? Daniel was a fighter, and he never gave up. He told his legs that they better walk again. You're goddamn right! (laughs) Ah! (laughs) His caseworker also brought him a guitar, and instantly he knew everything was going to be okay, because he still had the motor skills to play. Oh my god. I know, right? Daniel did start to walk again, but still waiting for the nerves in his face to come back. Oh, gosh. He states, it's just my face. It's the least of my concerns. You know, as long as you can play guitar. All is well. Exactly. Dang. So this incident actually brought Daniel and Jamie back together. So they got together. (laughs) Are you serious, Caitlin? I know, right? Romance. I know. She states, we can relate on a lot of things and just, like, sit there and cry or be, like, mad and understand each other for it. So they are happy now that they are together and helping each other through their difficult time. Caitlin, you should have saved this for February 14th. I know. (laughs) Valentine's Day. No, isn't that crazy? It sucks, like... They both went through a, like, near-death experience, but that's what brought them together. And now they understand each other more on a deeper level, and now they're together. Ugh. Oh, like, I feel like I'm crying a little bit. I know. It's fine. It's fine. How insane. Within two months, they both experienced a near-death experience. I mean. So, what the fuck was up with that dude going for, it was just a dude, like, going for Jamie? It was, I think it was just, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I I think he was just going through something mentally. Yeah, it's like whoever was in front of him. Exactly. And since she, he couldn't get to them inside the other place, he just took off to find someone else. So kind of a crime of opportunity. Kind of, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. I think, uh, I don't know, the whole thing with the whole mental health thing, because he definitely was going through something, but I... You can't excuse that for, you know, murder. Yeah, well, agreed, of course. Absolutely. So, I sometimes wonder, though, like, if I went crazy, like, but what if I didn't go crazy? Like, let's say Mm. I had a new alien friend who didn't show (laughs) themselves to anybody else Uh except for me, but goddammit, they're real. Uh Uh-huh. Would everyone think I was crazy? Yeah. Probably. Probably, absolutely. And be like, that bitch needs to be locked up. I would be concerned, honestly. Yeah. Well, because it's like imaginary friend, you know? It's yeah. like you should This is Margaret. You yeah. haven't met her yet, but she's like, my alien friend. I would feel like something... I feel like, like she'd a have trauma a happened to you that made you reverse into like an imaginary friend. Oh, dear. I know. How, did you ever have an imaginary friend? I never up? did, no. Me neither. I, I never, never had did. that. Hmm. I apparently never had anyone dead or anyone hanging out with me. Yeah. I don't think I ever... I did see a ghost when I was 12, you know, mm. but I, it wasn't... 
It wasn't your imaginary friend coming no, it was someone hang out was with you. Scary old lady. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it was. Oh, I was terrified. Uh, no, but... Yeah, I never had that experience. I think I tried having one because I heard, like, I saw in a show, like, You're like, oh. that looks pretty fun. I'm like, I want an imaginary friend. And I'm like, hey, Brooke. And, uh, <laughs> didn't last long, you Delightful. know? Yeah. But, uh, uh, before you jump to your story, just say, good job, Jamie and Daniel. Indeed. And, uh, I'm sorry he lost his friends. I know, Sandra, that fucking like, blows. Uh, but at least they're, they're together and they can help each other through their trauma. So, I just try to think, like, if I fucking lost you, oh, my God, I would, I'd bash a lot of faces in with bats after that. (laughs) Like, I just feel like there would be this other side of me that came out Mm. that has always been there, but sort of repressed, and it would be like... traumatic happens. Yeah, it's time to let that out, and I'm gonna... Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I would... I would not take that sitting down. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> my God, me and your dad would go out <laughs> hunting. So did my sister, too. Yeah, she'd All three be there with us, yes. May that never happen. Yeah. May that, it will never happen. No, no I'll be good. Yes. All with right. all these survivor stories, dear, dear God, I'm like prepped, man. I'm going to survive. Yeah, seriously. All right. Okay, Michelle, it is now your turn to tell your story. Good luck. Oh, good effing luck. Thank yeah, you. Okay. You're welcome. So. This is in Spain. Okay. So can we just like premise that with this is in Spain and there's we a lot of know Spanish. know that you apologize about every name that you've <laughs> ever said. So we understand, Michelle. We're here for you. Okay. I just want to especially apologize. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to try it. As long as you try your best. That's what we ask for. Thank you, Kaylin. You're welcome. Okay. So I'm taking us back to Saturday, April 15th, okay. 2017. Oh, okay. So, just far. a few years ago. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Zisco gracias You're so white, <laughs> Michelle. You're so white. Fuck yourself, human. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. That sounded good. That sounded good. It yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So, Zisco and his longtime friend, Guillaume... And Guillaume? Okay. Guillaume Mascaro, okay. I apologize, uh, decided to do some cave diving oh. in the mouth of Cova de Sa Paquita. Great. Fucking nailed it. And you're like, girl, you did not, in fact, nail it. It sounded good, actually, so I don't know. So, yeah, okay. All right. So, these two friends, uh-huh. Zisco and Guillaume, are uh-huh. uh, going to go cave diving together i'm impressed honestly and between the two of them they actually have a ton of experience oh, okay disco has been diving cave diving in, in particular uh-huh. has been cave diving for more than 20 years oh my gosh already okay yeah and um he is a divorced father of two okay and one of his favorite hobbies is map mapping the island's many tunnels and chambers yeah that's in Majorca's caves. So, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So, Guillaume, uh-huh. who is a willowy 54-year-old local. Oh, okay. Uh, he's been ocean diving for decades and has started exploring caves in 2003. Interesting. So, really... The, the two of these guys have been cave diving for a long time. Yeah. That's kind of the point, I guess. Guillaume was super excited to be diving with Yersko. 
I apologize. Yeah. Uh, because Yersko was one of the most experienced divers in all of Spain. Okay. So that morning they kind of got together. They got the map out. Mm-hmm. And they decided that they're going to try to get to this area that's about 900 meters in from the cave entrance. So okay. what is that? That's like, I, I know, know, inches 18... and feet and yards. <laughs> I know. I'm I trying know, to think of metric. like meters so probably 2700 meters so we're actually probably talking about almost a mile in oh my gosh okay. yeah so they've got a little while so what they were trying to do is they to find these underwater chambers they've never been studied before these particular chambers in this cave Really? so they're okay. gonna go scout them out try to map them plot uh-huh. them on their map and that type of thing and then come back out so they would be seeing these underground rooms for mm-hmm. the first time. So okay. that was very exciting. So they entered the cave and damp air sort of greeted them as soon as they came in. And then they sort of walked out. Yisko attached four bottles of air to his belt. And then he passed, passed three bottles of air to Guillaume. Okay. And so satisfied that they had plenty of air. Yeah. They descended into the cave. I see. So they were prepped and ready to go. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. They knew they had plenty of air. They were set to go. Okay. And in fact, they had enough air to get in. They Mm -hmm. had to explore and then to get back out with an extra hour to spare. So they were really like prepared for this trip. So Yisko put his uh, the regulator in his mouth and lowered his head under the water, mm-hmm. and Guillaume followed. Okay. So they're ready to go. So these two dive partners, they took um, a very simple way to get into the cave. I guess throughout these caves, there's these sort of nylon ropes that are attached through all the different... And through all the different caves. They're already there? Yeah, they're oh, already okay, there. Okay. So these have been pretty explored caves. Oh, so okay. they're going off to this area that's pretty deep in there mm-hmm. to find some unknown rooms, whereas opposed to all these other rooms are mapped, well-known. There are signs that say how to get to one area to another area. Okay. So they were really not super worried about being able to... Ver- to traverse all these different caverns. Okay. Because there's ropes and signs everywhere. Mm -hmm. So they get down there and they just start sort of pulling along a rope. Okay. So they're not really swimming too much. Or, you know, they're just sort of pulling themselves along. Okay. But unfortunately, as it is with any diver who goes down into water, Mm -hmm. you're going to start kicking up silt. So they're kicking up dirt behind them as they go. Even though the water is super clear in front of them, it's all muddy behind them is kind of my point. They're disturbing the whatever. The silt behind them. Ah, okay. So, and so if a tunnel forked, they were able to see on the placards that were underwater Mm -hmm. which way to go. And there was nylon lines that they could sort of follow along to get to any area. Sounds like a claustrophobic, like, nightmare. Yeah, I probably agreed. (laughs) So, yeah, agreed. Yeah. So they were snaking down this path, Uh and it split many times. And so it really just created this maze of potential wrong turns and being able to potentially go in the wrong direction at Mm -hmm. any time. And all these lines are really indistinguishable from a 
from each other okay. except for these signs that's kind of said you're going this way or you're going this way oh or... they had signs okay so they did have signs okay so they had signs and arrows and markers that kind of at every intersection that told them which way to go and okay. it also pointed to which way to get out mm. so really these were pretty explored caves already Again, mm-hmm. they're just going to this one area that they thought was unexplored. And it was going to take them like a full hour to get there. So they're moving along, moving forward pretty easily. Again, leaving a cloudy trail of sediment behind them. Okay. Of all this water that's been disturbed. So after an hour of nav- navigating through these tunnels, they swam into this underground room that, of course, that they were looking for this whole time. Oh, okay. They found so, it. Yeah, they found it. Yay! Woo. So now they're in this area that never, it hasn't been marked or anything. And oh. so they're sort of collecting samples from the room to see what's in there and doing what they can to mark it. Guillaume was measuring the shape and diameter of the of a nearby chamber. Okay. So, Sapo <laughs> was in run where... Oh, my God. Sapo was in one room collecting rocks, and Guillaume was in the next room okay. measuring. All right. Oh, Different my God. taking stuff. Okay. Thank you, Caitlin. I mean, oh, I didn't girl. help. So, after about an hour okay. of going around Zisco glanced at his air pressure gauges mm-hmm. and saw that his tanks were a third empty okay so Is that pretty bad? much they have two more hours two and a half more hours on top oh that's a long time though so but at this point it's time to get back so because oh, okay. it's a full hour back oh and, i see and so and they want to have that hour to spare like that last hour of air is okay. just for emergencies only. Oh, they're hoping I see. not to use it. Okay, so okay, that makes sense. He grabbed he grabbed Guillaume by the shoulder and was like, pointing at his gauge okay. and was like, "Hey guys, it's time to get out." So they started back the way they had come. Great, following the guideline, and but now they're sort of swimming through muddy sediment. Because as mm. I said, they've been sort of kicking up kicking mud up. this okay. whole time. And so the first passage they went through all was well. And then they started sort of going through this tunnel that was a little more closed in than perhaps they remembered. Okay. And so it's like the air bottles and the air tanks and things are scraping on the side of the cave. Oh my gosh. And there's okay. like, it's dragging and catching and... Now, like, every time they sort of scrape a bottle against the, or scrape a tank against the cave wall, Uh it's kicking up even more sediment, which creates Mm. it to be even more muddy. And so it's just becoming a thick, chocolatey soup around them. And they're just really having a hard time seeing. Yeah. But fortunately, they have that nylon rope in their hand, and they're able to just sort of keep pulling themselves out. So there's like, it's not that big of a deal. We still have this rope. It doesn't matter if we don't see. Do you know what I mean? But they just keep on going. And then all of a sudden, that line ended. And they were oh. like, what the hell happened? So they sort of, he pushed ahead, Cisco looking for that other line. Yeah. And he couldn't find it. He was <gasps> like, what the heck happened? So now they're in this sort of cave area where they're not sure where the next line is or where they should be headed next. So he indicated to Guillaume that he should 
sort of keep going ahead. Okay. 200 meters away, he thought that there was a cave that actually they could come up and be able to breathe the air. Mm -hmm. There was sort of an open cave. But he was concerned that maybe this cave had a lot of carbon dioxide in it. Because it didn't, you know, have a natural way to get oxygen from the outside. I see. So they decided to try to make their way to this cave that they knew had some oxygen in it. I see. But at the same time, they're also sort of looking for the guideline still. So what had happened is the rock that had held the guideline in place, you know, had been like... I don't know, a pitten or something. Uh, I don't know what yeah, goes yeah. in. Like the piece of metal went in okay. and the um, the nylon rope was pulled through. That piece of rock had chunked off okay. and was no longer, it was like on the ground or something like that. Right. So the normal guideline wasn't there. It was on the ground somewhere sort of free floating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, we've got no way out. Yeah. So poor Zisco is like just looking feeling around feeling around into the abyss right. there's not a lot of well there's probably no light down yeah. there except oh for the God. lights on their you know helmets, the, helmets. yeah and so he's just looking for this guideline oh my god in the middle and so finally he pulled his gloves off and started feeling around again for the guideline unfortunately just visibility just kept getting worse and worse and worse because they're sitting in this area trying to find this guideline kicking up sediment, touching the rocks, kicking up more dirt. And so now it's just muddy, 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 and they can't see anything. They finally, like, Zisco looked down at his regulator and kind of freaked out a little bit because he did not realize how long they had been sitting there looking for this guideline. Right. And so they had spent, now, instead of two hours of air each, they Uh only have an hour of air oh my gosh okay and so he's like we gotta find our way out or we're gonna run out of air right so zisco swam to that cave Uh that he knew of where he had told guillem to actually go to before before he started searching around for that guideline okay so he brought his head out of the water of this big cavernous room and he could see guillem waiting for him on the shore he came up from the water and he took his sort of air apparatus off and took a breath of sort of the free air if you will and immediately realized that there was a ton of carbon dioxide in (gasps) no and he was it was high i guess it was far it was probably at two or three percent carbon dioxide as opposed to right now what you and i are breathing is 0.03 percent what was it? Sorry, say again. Two to three percent. Oh my uh, gosh. As opposed to point zero three percent. Oh my gosh. So it's significantly yeah. higher carbon dioxide. And so he knew that such high concentrations of carbon dioxide could have a lot of upsetting consequences. Absolutely. Elevated heart rate, rapid breathing, headaches, hallucinating, paralysis, unconsciousness, and death. Holy like, cow. That's what comes from breathing too much carbon dioxide. Zisco is like, there's another way to get to the surface. Mm. He's got his map out that's laminated and waterproof and everything. Oh, okay. And he thinks that the guideline should be intact on this route. Oh. So they pretty much take a look at what they've got and they look at the air tanks and they're like, there's only enough enough air for one of us to get out. (gasps) And because Guillaume is so much more, like, weighs less and is much more slim, Uh he's probably going to get out 
easier. The best chance. Okay. He's got the best chance to get out. He probably is going to consume less oxygen and, and get out to the surface quicker. You're smaller and quicker, <laughs> he said. You'll use less air on the way out. Okay. So they decided Guillaume was going to be the one to try okay. to make it out. Zisco had actually spent quite a few days exploring underground chambers in the past, mm-hmm. even with the carbon dioxide saturated air. So he kind of figured that he was probably going to be okay. Okay. So he knew that he had to slow his breath to reduce the amount of toxic gases that he was inhaling and just really rest and sort of take it easy. So that's his plan. Mm-hmm. And sends Giam off with all the rest of the air to go try to find help. Wow. So Giam suited up with the remaining tanks and Zisco watched him sort of go under and oh my gosh. head out. Oh and he was thinking at the time that he hopes he sees him again. But then he could sort of feel his pulse quicken because of the carbon dioxide poisoning. Oh that my was already gosh. happening. No! So at this point, now it's 6 p.m. on Saturday evening. Wow. So it took Guillaume about an hour to go out. That's all he had left though, right? That's about all he had mm. left. But he was actually able to get out of the caves and come up oh at my the gosh. entrance okay. of the caves. So he's good. So he's like, oh. So he pretty much dialed help immediately. Absolutely. Like okay. we got to get people out. So it's, oh God. Group Nord Majorca's official <laughs> caving organization. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, okay. within a, yeah, Group Nord got into action. <laughs> God. So, within an hour, there was several of the island's top cave divers assembled okay. and ready to go in to try to save. Oh, great. Zisco. So, one of them, Bernard Clammer, he had about as much a diving experience as Zisco had had, which is like over 20 years. So, he's a pretty veteran diver. Yeah. And so he's like, he knows that there's probably a lot of carbon dioxide in that cave and that he's probably, Cisco is probably suffering from carbon dioxide poisoning. So he's pretty familiar about, you know, this cave system Mm -hmm. and how to get in and out. But he's like, we don't know how long Cisco has. Right. So we got to get in there. The group agreed that two divers familiar with this cave system was going to go in. Okay. Guillaume was able to mark where he was on the map with that laminated map that they had had and handed it off to the men before they decided to, before they sunk under and went out to go try to mount a rescue. So two hours later, they returned with bad news. (gasps) What? So in the rush to reach the surface, Guillaume pulled up all kinds of sediment. So he was probably kicking hard and just, it was mud, mud, mud. The whole way. So oh. these two new divers went down and it was too muddy. No! They, they couldn't see anything. So they were like, we are going to have to wait for the water to clear before we can try to go back down again. Oh my gosh. Because they okay. just couldn't see anything. They were thinking it could take hours or even days, days? for this sediment. Days? To... not have days? No. Yeah. Zisco might choke to death yeah. breathing carbon dioxide, but they knew that diving in water that was like chocolate was pointless. I guess so that's true. Okay. They weren't going to but... be able to make it where they needed to make it. Ugh. So they, and they really didn't want to put anyone else at risk. Like, don't try to save this guy by killing this guy. You okay. know, it's kind fair of enough, Fair enough, fair enough. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, there's nothing to do but wait. Ugh. 
So Zisco sat in this cold, dark cave, and minutes, of course, felt like hours. Absolutely. I can't even imagine. He was dizzy due to the effects of the carbon dioxide. Right. Um, his diving watch had stopped, so he didn't know what time it was. Oh, my God. And he had no idea that he had only been in the cave for, like, four to five hours at that point. You just have to put your trust in other people, which is... Terrible. The, yeah. Like, scary. It's hard. So he turned on his headlight and Zisco made his way down from the lake to the ledge and sort of drank from the lake. So apparently this is a salty, a saltwater cavern. Oh, okay. But the top layer of this particular water was clean and fresh water. Mm. So for some reason, the top layer of this water is not salt water. Hmm. So he was able to actually have a little bit of water. But unfortunately, air was less or was more of a problem. So he made his way back to his resting point. He sort of groaned at, you know, the sharp pains going through his temples because now he's beginning to get super bad headaches from Uh. not having enough oxygen. Just every breath, he was just bringing in more carbon dioxide. So he laid down, tried to stay calm. He vowed he would only move to drink and urinate. Um, He turned out his headlight to preserve his battery and Mm -hmm. just laid in the cold, humid darkness. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, He kind of wondered if his ex-wife had been notified yet, if his kids knew that he was in peril, all this. And so that's like all he had to think about. They'll find me soon, I hope, was really what he was. He was just had all of his hopes on Guillaume trying to make it out alive. Unfortunately, he did have a creeping dread that Guillaume had probably died on his way out. And probably there was no oh, one coming. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so those, those are the feelings yeah. that are on his heart at this moment. So above ground, there was a team of medics. There was a psychologist on hand. There was divers and cavers from across the island all coming, all debating on the best course of action. And, you know, they had made one attempt and no one, they couldn't get further than 300 meters in. So they're like, the water's like mud. What are we going to do? And so unfortunately, the call came out that you need to wait till the next morning. The sediment needs to settle. Settle. Okay. And you're not to go out again until the following morning. So it said, we wait until morning before we dive again. And, of course, they were reached with a chorus of groans because they all want to get out, down there. And they know how much danger Zisco is in and that he might be sucking down his last gulp of toxic air as they speak. And so now it's 9.30 on Sunday night and Zisco has been underground for more than 30 hours at this point. And they were like, we got to wait, but by tomorrow it may be too late. All right, so now we are on... Noon on Monday. My gosh. And the call has come out that they can swim down to the tunnel. Okay. And so they feel like the water was clear enough. It's not crystal clear, but it's clear enough that they can actually make their way through and actually see enough to see the markers on which way they need to turn when Mm -hmm. there comes to a fork. What they did is they sort of plan their their way to get there on skipping everything that they didn't need to be going through. So they found the most direct route to Zisco mm-hmm. and the diver took that route. So he was trying to make his way in as quickly as they can. So they went in and <laughs> they were almost there and like essentially they it sounded like they had to 
almost bring another diver in. Like they get a diver to kind of show the way, mm-hmm. and then they bring another di- diver behind him had who had more air, who was able to go a little bit further than mm. the original diver was able okay. to go to. So essentially, they're trying to get their way through this underground maze to get okay. to where Zisco is. Right. And so Zisco at this point is now debating on whether he will ever be saved. Such a long time. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been over, like, over 40 hours, I think, at this oh point. Oh, my gosh. In the water, trying to breathe through common... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Zisco is laying there, and he sees this sort of light flickering, and mm-hmm. he's like, great, I'm hallucinating. That's all I effing need right now is hallucinating. (laughs) The carbon dioxide has saturated my blood and no one is coming to save me. And, of course, his thoughts went to his sister, to his mother, to his sister-in-law who's dying of cancer. Oh, my God! To the knife in his pocket that if he needed to, he could kill himself (gasps) if it came to that. And yeah, if Just the for gas that to be an option is super sad. I know. If the gas doesn't kill me, I can always take care of it myself. Oh my gosh! So Zisco is feeling that this will be his tomb, and yeah, so he's I would feeling too. pretty. So, but then he saw sort of a light coming up Mm -hmm. and he just figured he was hallucinating, but then he heard the sound of bubbles and he was just like, what is going on? Hmm. And what it sounded like to him was a diver surfacing. And then he saw more of the light and it was going up along all the cave walls and everything. And then he heard a familiar voice saying, Zisco, Zisco. And he realized that he had seen his old friend, Bernard, who he had known forever and they dove together, was dripping wet and driving and coming right towards him. So he was able to like get up and the two men embrace. And he was like, Guillaume is dead, (gasps) isn't he? And he was like, no, he's alive and waiting for you. Are you kidding? He's Uh, like, come to the surface. So they gave Zisco some glucose gel to give him some energy. And then they gave him a, it was like a very potent oxygen mix okay. in the one of the tanks that they had brought uh-huh. with them. It was like over twice the amount of oxygen that you normally get. So Zisco was able to breathe that in and immediately his head started to clear and he oh, started wow. to feel better because now he's actually getting oxygen mm. and not just carbon dioxide. Um, he felt his body come back to life and he was able to take a deep breath for the first time in 58 hours. Oh my God. That's such a long time to be down there. Yeah. Just by yourself in the dark. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. Waiting for who knows what to come out of that water. Exactly. Yeah. Forget it. After 60 hours. Zesco was able to walk unaided from the mouth of the cave. Wow. They were able to bring him out. The Cheers of the crowd overjoyed him. And, of course, Guillaume was there waiting among everyone for him to, you know, come out. And he got a big grin. And then they hugged. And he's alive. Aww. Uh, it's a tradition in this area, as okay. it turns out, for the first explorer of a new cave to name it. Oh. So, today, the chamber where Zisco and Guillaume had sought refuge, you know, essentially yeah. the carbon dioxide cave is now known as the Room of Three Miracles. That's the name that Cisco gave it. 
The first miracle was that Cisco found a chamber with air. Yep. The second was that he survived breathing the air with so much carbon dioxide in right. it. And the third, that he was able to escape the <laughs> terrifying ordeal with his life. Oh my gosh. Ugh. That's terrible. Like, Am I, I ever going to go cave diving? No. No, no never. <laughs> I think the movie, what's it called? Like, Descendants or something oh, like that? Oh, there was a... It wasn't... That didn't have um, cave scuba diving. Right. But that was a lot of... The cave. Cave. What is the... What is the word for it? Spelunking. Spelunking. Yes. <laughs> that was cave spelunking. Yeah. Spelunking. I can't say it. I, I don't think I'm claustrophobic, but I think with that situation, Maybe, I definitely perhaps would find you a are. fear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I could, but he was underwater. Though. I mean, like he had stuff to breathe. Yeah, so he, he was up out of the out into the cave. I see. But the cave just didn't have very much oxygen right. in it because it was so far underwater. Oh my gosh, I couldn't even. No, no I mm, no. Good pass, guys. Hard pass. I yeah. don't know. I'm probably not going to do a lot of cave diving in my future. No. I can't really see that happening. I can't either. Myself. Really? I can't see any scuba diving in my future. No. Let alone in a cave. No. You're right. Yeah. I've just seen too many movies where it's like they try to turn around. And they can't. It's too late. Oh my gosh. It's too yeah. late. You gotta I, find that bigger cavern and hope to turn around there. But you know they got to name the place though. I that mean, is that's kind of cool, but still, it was named after this terribly harrowing yeah. experience that I had. You almost died. You could have died very easily. Ugh. Okay. Well, good. I mean, but they're wow. out. They're out. They're safe. I'm sorry, Guillaume, that I tried to call you Guillermo the entire oh, time. Right. <laughs> it's just crazy that uh they found a new cave down there that is that's interesting cool. but i don't know if it's worth it. it's not <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you that right now holy cow oh well, gosh that's why i like this podcast because everyone survives you you, know? <laughs> you kind of know the ending a little bit yeah unless caitlin's telling the story and then people that's are dying true. left and right also you know that's fair <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and please try these delicious drinks. Yeah, because uh, they will get you schnockered. Right. As it turns out. My goodness. Well, they're and, so refreshing uh, and easy to drink. Right. And keep following us for updates about our new swag that's going to be coming out. Woo-hoo! And we'll see you next time, okay? Yeah. Uh, goodbye. Ugh. Bye.